Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. So, Miss Gabby, matching today. I'm scared of you, little girl. I love that. I love the hot pinks with the, yeah, oh, you and Nana looking. Oh, excuse me. Oh, oh, that's nice. That's so sweet. I just love it when uh, little girls take the fashion when they're small. You know, it's like there's some good taste coming into the earth. Have you seen what these young people look like nowadays? Hello. Oh, scary, scary. So it's nice, okay? <laughs> girls should look like girls, and so they'll grow up right. Boys should look like boys, so they'll grow up right. Amen? So it's a good thing. It's a God thing. Always enjoy how God created you. Amen? Always. God is still um, delivering me from from you know, old ideas, ideas that I had when I was growing up. You know, many times when you don't know the Lord, your ideas are formed incorrectly. But thank God your children are taught of the Lord. Amen. And the Lord promises them great peace. But but to be comfortable knowing who you are, you're made in the image of God, and that is no mistake. It's always right. It's always correct. It's always a good thing. So, uh, you know, appreciate what God has done in the way he's created you. Just enjoy it. Amen. Uh, all of the things that you go through in life are not for naught. Uh, they are for something. And so in knowing God, you know the something that you're here for. So that's a blessing right there to know what, what you're here for. So we're going to talk about eternal life and the essence, what the essence is of eternal life so that you get a clear understanding of who you are as a believer, who you are as a Christian, who you are as a <clears throat> person uh, who <clears throat> is complete in Christ. When the Bible speaks that, it says we are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. He is the head of all things. So you are complete in him. That means when you walk in the power of your spirit man, you're not lacking in anything. So eternal life really is that life force that is generated from knowing God. In John 17, verse 3, we'll start there. As Jesus preached, he found, just like we find in this day and age, that eternal life means different things to different people. He preached the kingdom of God. He did not preach. See, the fact that he preached a kingdom that generated all kinds of ideas in the minds of people. Many of the his followers thought that this kingdom would be an earthly kingdom until he opened up his mouth and said, my kingdom is not of this world. So that puzzled people, but they liked serving him anyway. They liked his words. They liked following him. So they, they continued on following him, but many would drop out. As time went on, there were fewer and fewer followers of Christ until at his crucifixion, there were none. Amen. Uh, Peter, who always professed great love, admiration, and uh, loyalty to Christ, um, was found to be cursing a girl who said that she knew that he was a follower. So he wound up being a denier, just like everybody else. 
you know, you're in bad shape when a rooster can preach you under conviction of your sin. Amen. Or the cat or the dog or the goldfish. You understand whatever God uses. And so it, it, it came about that Jesus was the author, being the author of eternal life and being the author of all that was good in the world wound up having to take on the sin of the world because there is nobody to defend him. Amen. In his innocence. And that was God's design. God's design was that there would be no personal defense for him because he didn't need it. He was able in his sinlessness to stand before men and before judges and everybody else alone. Hello. They give you a clue to what you're involved in when you live in the life of Christ. You don't need a bunch of people cheering you on every day to keep going. Amen. You are able to stand before any accuser alone because this is your inheritance. This is everything that Jesus was then and is now belongs to us. So that when we are accused, the Bible says, no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. We know that. But it also says, every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, you will condemn, you will refute, and it will be found to be in the wrong. Why is that? Is that because you don't do anything wrong? No, you're not standing in your own righteousness. Your righteousness is of him. And there's no law against him. He fulfilled every single law that God put here. He did it perfectly. When he stood in judgment before the world, it was not for his own sin, but for the sins of the world. And so those sins have been atoned for. So when we step into the Christ life or step into eternal life, you are stepping into a life that is perfect in all things, in all of its ways. So in John 17 and verse 3, <clears throat> Jesus explains finally what eternal life is. He says, and this is life eternal that they might know you, the only true God. This is Jesus praying to the Father and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So in order to step into eternal life, you have to know Christ. You have to know the, the one true and living God through Jesus Christ. God sent Jesus to the earth so that we would see what he looked like, see what God looked like in the flesh and see what he wants us to look like as we walk on this earth. And so the fact that Christ came in human flesh gives us an understanding of the power of eternal life in a living, breathing human being. Jesus did everything that the Father told him to do, which means that he was perfect in all his ways. So eternal life really is the nature of God dwelling inside of man. And having a knowledge of that, that means having an up-close and personal, not just a one-time encounter with God, but to have daily fellowship with him in his life. That's the only way we can fellowship with God, and that is in his life. You can't fellowship with him in the flesh. You can't fellowship with him, uh, you know, in your little uh, uh, crazy way of doing things sometimes. There's no God there. But you've got to come up to a standard. He told Moses, he said, take them shoes off your feet. This is holy ground. Get some respect about yourself. 
You understand? When we come to God, we come on his terms. He's not coming. He's come down as far to us as he's going to come. From now on, it's up to us to go up to him. You understand me? You know, people do all this silly stuff, and uh, God told me he ain't told you nothing. You understand me? And if he did, he didn't tell you to go blab it to everybody. <laughs> My Bible says discretion will keep you. I'm going to tell everything about everything that goes on somewhere. That that knowledge is for you. Let it help you. And when you have fellowship with God, he begins to reveal secrets about himself to you. So eternal life, the life force of Christ in us begins to open up mysteries. It begins to shed light in on our darkness. It begins to transform us on a continual basis. Eternal life pulsing through your being, stored in your spirit, converting your soul every day where you don't think like you used to do. You don't act like you used to. You become aware of another person really on the inside of you gently coaxing you over to do things that you couldn't ordinarily think about doing. Before we got saved, we didn't think about our neighbors any more than to laugh at them, make fun of them, and be glad we wasn't them. That's what carnality does to you. When the Christ life comes in you, those people start to get on your mind a little bit. It ain't a casual thought about, oh, they broke again. Look at them over there taking drugs and drinking wine and look at, oh, I'm looking going over in there. It's not about that anymore. Eternal life then begins to place them into itself. So eternal life begins to view everything through your eyes in, in its own vision. So it begins to see the fate of your neighbor if they don't receive Christ. It begins to see how God could come in and eliminate that problem. You, you become like the, uh, the, uh, remember the little servant girl, Naaman's wife's servant? And she would look at Naaman and you know, now listen, think about it. She's a slave. She's a slave to these people. Israel is enslaved to this nation. She's in that house and her boss has leprosy. Now see, most, most, even us, we have eternal life in us. We say, uh huh, <laughs> that's what you get. You ain't serving God. You, you bound to be sick. You bound to have leprosy. You bound to have something go on wrong with you until it visits your house, of course, but it's a different story. But what did she say? She said, would to God that the prophet in Israel was here. He would cure him of his leprosy. See, that's what eternal life does to you and me on the inside of us. We look at our neighbors in a fresh new light now. We look at them through the eyes of eternity. And we say, Lord, would to God that I could get an open door to go over there and pray for them. Huh? And if an open door doesn't come, you go and open it anyway. You understand what I'm saying? You say, can I pray for you? I'm a Christian. Is anything going on over here? I see you so and so and such and such. Maybe I can pray for you. You understand? So eternal life then begins to invade the temporal life. Come on now. 
by the grace of God, it invades the temporal life. It begins to eradicate the temporal life, not change it, not modify it, but eliminate it and replace it with itself. So when you go go over and pray for a neighbor, or like we were on the streets praying for people, eternal life was the invading force that lives inside of you that prompted you to go up to people, whether they looked at you crazy or not, whether you thought they wanted it or not, whether you felt like it was the right thing to do or not, eternal life still compelled you to obey what it was speaking to you to do. And eternal life somehow is always appropriate to the situation. You know what I mean? Uh, Appropriate to the situation. There are some people, and I I spoke this to somebody in the ministry once, that God told me, he said, they are always appropriate in situations that I place them in to minister to people. You got me? Which means that they have a discipline about them that allows them to wait for the prompting of eternal life to step into a situation and they read it appropriately and they respond appropriately in those situations. It's not that often. I've never heard God say that about anybody. I'm sure that's true about a lot of us, but it was... It was necessary to impart that to that person at that time because they needed to be encouraged in what they were doing. I didn't know it, but God knew it. You understand what I'm saying? So there's an appropriateness about eternal life that you can count on. Now, understand that that it's appropriate, which means that You know, in those times where you go and do something for God and then later you think, I shouldn't have done that. You need to know you're appropriate if you obeyed God. And whether you obeyed him, you won't know if you obey him until he tells you you did or you see the fruit of it, which might take us some time. But you need to know that eternal life is the right life force at the right time in all situations And it will give you, see, that's the devil trying to tell you. He can't stop you from yielding to eternal life and obeying God. So what does he do if you go and do it anyway? He beats you up on the way back home. See what I'm saying? So so just know that eternal life is right all the time. It's appropriate all the time. It's never wrong to step out in the life force of eternal life. It's never wrong. See, all condemnation comes from the devil. If it's wrong to go lay hands on somebody, God will stop you before you get there. You understand what I'm saying? He's powerful enough to redirect your steps. You ever decide you're going to go do something and somehow the door keeps closing, 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 you never get it done? Well, that's God correcting your steps. It may be a good idea and you may have thought it was okay, but it wouldn't be appropriate right now for you to do that you understand and so god has the eternal life has it's an appropriateness about it uh in john 1 verse 4 you see one of the characteristics this is the overriding characteristic of eternal life 
verse one in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god god and his word are the same you can't say that about people people give you their word for stuff and then you gotta chase them down to get the payment hello but god's not like that we don't have to chase him down he pays everything on time he won't owe anybody he's not a debtor the same was in the beginning with god all things were made by him the word and without him the word was not anything made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men so zoe or eternal life and light are synonymous whenever you see the word of god you see the light of god and you see the life of god why is that important well light being life is a different type of life than your natural life is your carnal life is a life of darkness god's life is light so that it says and the light shines in the darkness so this light is greater than darkness and the bible says the darkness does not comprehend it you ever talk to us try to talk to a sinner about spiritual things your head will go tilt trying to get them you got to get them born again first they got to let some zoe in before you can start adding to it I was talking to somebody about salvation, you know, and they're trying to guess and understand if somebody's saved. I said, well, what do you do as a saved person? You think that person's saved? How does your salvation work? They didn't have an answer. You should have one. You got me? You can't make somebody saved just because you don't like them not being saved. It adds up to a lie. Don't play with people's eternity, folks. If you're going to pray for somebody, pray for them until you see the light and the life that dispels darkness in them. I was talking to somebody and I told them, I said, did you know your son got saved? This person's, their kids are like Pastor Shirley's children's age. Been praying for him for many, many years and they didn't want to believe it. And I said, yeah, you better talk to him. I say, he talks like me and you. You know what that means? That means you have fellowship with them around the things of God. I said, call them up and talk to them. I said, start talking to them about God. And they called back. I just can't believe it. He sounds just, I said, told you, sound like me and you. See, that's the key, fellowshipping in the light. You got light in you, you fellowship with you in the light. This is where the old time uh, Baptist people used to confirm people's salvation. Baby, you go down in the wood till you find God. And they went down in the woods and somebody come back and try to test the lie. No, no, you go back again. You ain't found him yet. See those old people that were experienced in the things of the spirit. And they ain't spirit filled. You got me? They're spirit sealed. Amen. 
and their spirit blessed but not filled. Big difference. But they're in the door. They got the key in the door. You understand what I'm saying? But they can fellowship around the things of God where they have knowledge and they have experience. When you talk to somebody who's not saved, you hit that brick wall, you hit that darkness, they try to pretend or make up something, and you it's still dark. You got me? So the Bible says the darkness could not comprehend it, could not understand it. So when you have conversation with somebody who does not have the Zoe of God, eternal life dwelling in them, they cannot understand your conversation. And what happens? They get frustrated and angry, and they shut the door. They tell you off. Well, that don't mean nothing, you know, all that kind of stuff. So what happens is your light happens to generate more darkness in them. Because they got to go deeper into darkness to try and overcome the light. They start hiding from you. Amen? And so when you understand what you have in the life of God, don't let stupidity put that light out for the sake of having fellowship with somebody on a level they don't they don't know yet and don't want yet. But just continue to let your light shine as an example before them. See, the worst thing you can do is compromise and dim your light in order to get along with crazy people. You let the light shine even though you run them out of there. Huh? And don't take it personal because it's only business. <laughs> As the Corleones would say. Huh? Just like Fredo eating orange. <laughs> you know? You know, in the Godfather, everybody, where they would have, uh, they they claim, now these producers claim, every time oranges show up in one of the scenes, you know somebody getting ready to get whacked. Huh? I remember when they took Fredo out in the boat? Huh? He had oranges before he went out there. Come on, Fredo, don't you know the script? Don't eat that orange. Huh? <laughs> But that's darkness. They just beget more darkness. Amen. And so when we are attempting to change God's method of salvation, you're going to run into some problems. You'll see people just hate Christian people, can't stand church people. You're on dangerous property when you start hating yourself. You start hating your kinfolk, there's something wrong with you. Can't be around them, like to be around sinners. Why? Because they're feeding darkness within themselves. See, they don't understand that if they would feed the Zoe life of God a little bit more, they get to the next level. Sometimes all it takes is hanging on to that scripture one more day. And you get out of the darkness level and get over into light. If you can just speak that verse to you one more time. Your soul would convert and you'd stop thinking so much like a sinner and finding so much fellowship with them and start being comfortable around the people of God, which is your natural, your family given to you by God. So you can spend your time around darkness so much, you know, and, and sometimes Christian people like this kind of stuff. They like, you know, you know, running right in the edge. 
bridging the, you know, getting across this gap uh, and staying over in the darkness pool and see how long they can stay over there. But see, you get over there like we remember that little story, Peter Rabbit, and he would go under the fence to Mr. McGregor's yard, and then one day he got stuck up under there. That's what happens to everybody with the Zoe in them that tries to fellowship in darkness. Your little cheap fur coat will get stuck onto that fence, and you won't be able to get home again where it's safe. Ah, I don't care. Listen, the church is their sanctuary. God's people are their sanctuary. When you start looking at the people of God as somebody who's going to rescue you from your darkness that you like so much, you're in trouble. You got rescue power on the inside of you. You just don't know how to use it yet. That's all right. Because I don't care y'all like me or not it's never been a popularity contest listen god conditioned me from a young child to be rejected and just live with it you understand what i'm saying it's (laughs) i didn't forget my deodorant i smell nice it's not me (laughs) i mean you tell yourself what you got to tell yourself to survive you know i was talking to god about this like last week and he said i did all of that for your benefit to preserve you for this day because i remembered i used to there were some popular girls in my homeroom you know now i was in the first section section one everybody knew section one people because i guess you smelled or something i don't know what it was but i would try to fit in with them because they were the popular girls and i thought well if i could just get close to them and they would say the meanest things to me and go off and leave me and stuff like that and i just huh i mean you know i wouldn't get upset now i wasn't no cry baby at all you understand what i'm saying when god said you apart you gotta be tough as nails so i said oh they just don't like smart people you know but see i would pick them off one by one and make them like me look nikki you see and so i made up my mind i wasn't going to settle for just rejection i'd learn how to win them over and i found out if you separate devils you could pick it off real easy one at a time see what i'm saying and so and then i could reject them because when it was time for me to be you know like valedictorian or something like vice president of class or something uh, (laughs) excuse me do i know you doll huh Really? Seriously? Oh, no. Uh Uh-uh. No, no. The dumb kids go over there. This is for the smart kids this time. See, God will vindicate you, and he'll show you your place. Huh? He'll show you your place. But see, that taught me how to be able to live with myself, alone with my own thoughts, which is hard for some people to master. Some of us got to have noise all the time. We got to have people all the time. We got to be texting somebody all the time. I can evaporate for 10 years on you and, you know, would never miss you, so to speak. You understand? what I love you, but wouldn't miss you. Because it taught me that you can live beyond the realm of craving human company. You understand me? 
So these things are built in from our, see now everybody wants to go sit on the psychiatrist's couch and get analyzed because they felt lonely. You go to God and he'll show you. I mean, even if it takes you all of the years of your life to you get up in age to get it figured out, he will show you his plan was there for you in place all the time. You didn't need 10 hugs a day. Huh? My mama was Cherokee. If she hugged you, something was wrong. You understand me? She's ready to get locked up. Seriously. That generation of people wasn't real touchy-feely like these. But see, now we got more child molestation with the touchy-feely people. See, there's a little bit of reasonableness to some of this stuff. Now, unless you're Christian and you're committed to God and covered by the blood, you you know what I'm saying. You live what you, like you have to live to keep trouble out of your midst. You know, when you got to be a teenager, your daddy didn't pick you up anymore. You understand what I'm saying? So you, you come on, folks. Let's let's get normal here. Get real normal. And it wasn't because he was scared of being a pervert. He respected your body and you respect his. I remember my dad used to bathe all four of us in the tub at one time when we were little. He can't do that now. <laughs> Number one, he here, but you know. <laughs> I'm very busy in that tub. You understand what I'm saying? But you get they get to a certain age and all that nonsense stops. You got me? And you go through a rejection. Daddy don't bathe us no more. Bathe yourself. That's what my mother would say. Get your stankin' self in there and bathe yourself, girl. Shut up. You understand what I'm saying? That was the end of the conversation. You didn't need therapy for that. I don't know how I got over there. I'm trying to talk about the Zoe life of God. Huh? Fell out with some somebody in the ministry about their teenage daughter. She kept jumping on the the other the cousin's husband. And I told her, stop that. Mother got mad at me. I said, You stop being mad at me for telling her to stop. I said, because I don't want you coming up to the altar telling me they touching each other funny and the wife is jealous and all. Don't bring that up here. It ain't necessary. I got enough big fires to put out without y'all crazy stuff. Anybody got no better sense than that? Zoe, the Zoe life of God, eternal life, corrects sinful behavior. When it comes to dwelling you, see, this is how you know your relatives really saved. They sin less than they used to. Not that you're counting, but your Zoe will pick up what they do. When you're really saved and you've given yourself over to Christ, his life then begins to step in and chase darkness out of your life, out of you. Your habits change. Your speech changes. And you form a new life 
That is a Christ life. The Zoe of God can be seen on your countenance. The light of Christ comes on your face. You stay in the light long enough, it'll change your appearance. Your words and the life force on them is different. There's a depth that comes to your words that comes from the faith of God. And it's not just natural words anymore. There's a different volume on them, a different depth to them when you speak from the Zoe of God. That's how I can tell if people are really getting prophecies from God or if they're getting them out of their heads. You know what I'm saying? There's a, a, a spirit of life on true prophecy from God. It has a different depth to it than just somebody trying to say something they think they're going to teach you, you know, make you think they know something. See, that even that way of thinking is carnal and stupid. Like you can deceive somebody who's got the life of God in them if they'll rely on that life to help them, you know, and, and develop them. People who are saved, who have the Zoe of God, must connect with God through worship, prayer, and fellowship. I was just speaking with somebody before we started, and they were saying, I had to get here today. I said, yeah, you'll dry up. You try to stay out there in the Word and don't have your contact with God and fellowship with the saints. Amen? We grow through corporate Zoe. Amen? The corporate Zoe around the people of God helps you to grow. You become planted by rivers of living water. The Zoe life of God is a mature life already. It doesn't like start out as a little seed where you got to. It's mature to the the specifications of the author of your faith. Whatever Jesus wants you to partake of at the time is what you receive through the Zoe of God. For instance, if say for instance you're you're newly saved and somehow you have a knack or a gift for uh blessing people financially or believing God for finances not just in your life or that in others. And you see somebody else who struggles like for 15 years. And they've got the Zoe in them and you've got the same Zoe in you. Well, for you, for some reason, we don't know why, you were able to plunge into it at a mature level where they are just still floundering, almost drowning in an inch of Zoe. Some people are able to handle and get revelation on the word when they first get baptized in the Holy Spirit. It just, poof, it's there. Because the Zoe helps them to plunge into the river of life at a mature level for their gift to cause that gift to have a stature that's above and beyond what everybody else seems to be able to manage at that same level. 
that's why it's, it's kind of bad to categorize people based on the length of time they, they, they've been saved. You can't slot people in a category because of Zoe. Because you don't know what Zoe is going to generate in them because it's able to generate full blast. Look at the people at Azusa Street. They didn't go to, they didn't stop at Bible school. They didn't start, stop at seminary. They didn't send away for a doctorate degree in the mail before they went out, but they went over, many of them went over to the continent of Africa and turned it upside down. Look at the people in the book of Acts. They were, Philip was a deacon. People keep trying to call him an evangelist, but I go by what the Bible calls him. He was a deacon. And he would get four and five thousand people saved at one time. Why? Because Zoe in him was able to generate that kind of energy and that kind of, of development and intensity immediately. People want to look at, well, I don't know if this person is right for me because they've only been saved for three years and I've been saved for 20. What you been doing for 20 years? You've been letting Zoe work on you or you had still at baby steps? Huh? Sometimes God can grow people up to a stature quickly. Some people are on the short bus. You know what I'm saying? They just, they gotta hold each other's belts just to get to the bathroom. But they in the house. And they are beloved of God. So if you slow, if you swift, you're in the house. That's the important part of it. Amen. And it's all up to the author and the finisher of your faith to judge. We can't judge one another. Because we don't, the, the Bible says judge nothing before the time. You know when the time of judgment is? It's at the end of their life. So as long as you're alive, you got a chance to do what God wants you to do. Why? Because the Zoe is constantly working in you to help you to attain to the stature of Christ. Amen. Ephesians 4.11 or 4.13 tells us that. So this new creation man that God has has uh supplied us with or birthed us in second corinthians five seventeen through 18 says if any man be in christ in him not in the flesh in christ your new creature that's where old things are passed away that's why people sometimes can't get into the new creation life and live spontaneously as new creatures because they're so busy trying to fix up the old life you can't fix him up. You got to let him die. And I don't mean John McCain and Aretha dead. I mean stone cold dead in the ground buried. But see, that's what many of us do. We try to drag them old bodies around with us. You know what I'm saying? He died. Let him remain dead. So old things are passed away. What does that mean? Old things are dead. You're dead to the old life. Why you keep thinking about what you did wrong or what you enjoyed or what you used to like to do that was sinful? 
Stay out of there. Because he dead already. Listen, God can put you in a place where you can have everything at your disposal you used to do. And if the Zoe in you is in you, you won't be able to enjoy it. Hmm? There was a, a woman we knew when we were newly newly formed the ministry. And she would give her testimony. And she was kind of like brutally honest, you know. I love that about new believers sometimes because we're so brutally honest we can get other people under conviction they've been saved longer than we have and one them kind of and she said yeah you know uh you ladies that, that are still trying to sleep around i got news for you she said when when jesus died and, and shed his blood for you she said if you can just think about that for five good minutes i guarantee you you jump out that bed she said because i tried it and I told the Lord, no, 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 this is for married people. This is not for me. I can't do this no more. You understand me? That's how strong the Zoe life of God is. If you let it work for you. You got to let this thing work for you. And we talk about he's working things together for your good. It's the Zoe in you that's working it out for your good. God isn't out here somewhere just manipulating stuff on your behalf. He's working in you, honey. He's working that out of you, and he's working what he wants inside of you for his glory. So Ephesians 4 and 13 tells us, what does it tell us? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in verse 11, he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why? For the perfecting or maturing of the saints in the Zoe life of God. So, so I am called to help bring you into maturity in the Zoe life of God. Why? So you wouldn't be children anymore, tossed to and fro by every wind and wave and doctrine. Oh, oh look at the nice tape I learned. I said that's, that's heresy on there. Oh, I like it so much. It couldn't be because it, I just was praying. I said, shut up. It's heresy. So you got a decision to make. You either follow your tapes that you got off somebody or somebody's teaching you found somewhere. Or you accept that it's not accurate according to the word of God. Some stuff ain't for you right now. Huh? Sometimes we're trying to find something new, interesting. That's just all religious flesh. Religious flesh craves to have its ears tickled. Huh? Itching ears. Always waiting for the next new revelation. And you don't know how to live sin free. Oh, Barb, that hurts. Well, sure it does. It's supposed to hurt because it's the truth. If it's hitting up against some darkness, it's supposed to hurt. But don't you think it's important to obey the one commandment Jesus gave us? That's love one another as yourself. How can you love yourself when you don't think so much of you? Well, how do you know that? I can tell by the way you live. You can tell if people, and I don't mean like, <laughs> love themselves. 
You know how the guys in the gym do? Kiss their little biceps. I ain't talking about that. To love yourself means to cut yourself some slack where the word is concerned. Embrace the word of God over your carnal man's thoughts trying to condemn you all the time. Trying to play you cheap, tell you can't have this and you can't have that because you don't measure up. That's what it means. It means to embrace the word of God for you. Don't be afraid to embrace the word of God for yourself. Let it minister to you and tell you who you really are. That's loving yourself. God, I never knew that about me. Tell me more. Instead of running from it all the time, assuming you don't measure up. And assuming you can't be what God, you're already what God told you you are. The Zoe life helps you to manifest that in your life. And then all of a sudden you have living evidence that you are a child of God, that he does take care of you, that he cares more about you than himself. You have that evidence in your life. But you got to let it manifest. It'll never happen if you're standing back from it all the time, wondering. Or you put yourself on a behavior schedule for your blessings. Well, I can have this because I did that. And I can't have this because I didn't do that. And I can have this because I didn't. Shut up. Just begin to believe what you see written about yourself. It is written. You are a child of God. You are a new creature. All things are passed away. Everything's new. But we were in the, uh, when in the ministry, we were young and in ministry. I don't know why I'm re- remembering all these old examples, but there was a woman and she wanted this car really bad. And badly. For all you grammar nuts out there, I caught ya. But, uh, <laughs> she wanted it. She wanted it. But her credit was shot. I mean, she had been the, Places you don't even darken their door and ran up credit. Like, uh, Lord and Taylor, uh, Bloomingdale's, all these people. Yeah, she shot it all up. Well, I, they won't give me no credit. And, and so God told me to tell her one day. And, and check this out. Her motive stunk. Well, as far as I was concerned, I was very spiritual at the time. But, uh, I'm going to get me a car. And I want a red car for the blood of Jesus. I passed out totally. Because my car was blue and I loved it. And I'm going I'm to uh, go get these homeless girls and take them to church. That was her motive. God told me to tell her. He said, tell her all things are passed away all things have become new even her credit score is new i'll give her a new credit score go to the next place she goes to they'll give her the car sure enough it happened i'm like okay god come on now now let's stop this you mean with that hokey story she gave me about you let her have that car he said my word is true if she believes it it's hers Now, if God will do that, and trust me, she never picked nobody up and took them nowhere. You got me? And God knew she wasn't going to do it. But his word is true. If you believe that, 
and you stand on it, he's got to perform his word for you. It didn't stop him from giving you your last paycheck and you shot that all up. I'm thinking, come on, God, give me another job, man. I can't handle this. Why? Because he was blowing my mind every time, my religious mind. I said, well, if you use me. So he says, the fivefold are to help you. We're to help you. We are your help, okay? We're not God. We're to help you. Keep straight in God for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. So we help you to mature till we all come in the unity of faith, the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man unto the measure and said, does that look like my job toward you ever stops? Unless you're mature already, you're in the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth no more be children tossed to and fro. Carried by every wind and wave of doctrine. YouTube, Facebook. Why? Because the devil's just waiting there, cunning and crafty, trying to deceive you. But we speak the truth in love so you can grow up. Amen. God started out looking for sons and daughters, but now he wants a bride for his son. So it's time for the bride to grow up. Stop begging daddy for everything. Learn how to hunt for yourself. Amen. Learn to go out and kill your own prey. Spoil your own uh, enemy's house. Go get your stuff yourself. Jesus gets excited when he sees us doing that stuff. I got news for you. Amen. My husband always liked pretty women. No, but she, <laughs> I had to put that in there. But, uh, and then he just did. And, and so I, I just feel like having a husband that admired beauty. That Jesus is the same way. Not saying my husband's God. Trust me, y'all knew him, right? So you know I ain't telling that lie. But, but the things that excite husbands, excite husbands. And I believe the beauty of the bride of Christ is her maturity. Her ability to say, Lord, give me the authority. To make a change in my neighborhood. Give me these. Say, hey, wait, wait a minute. That girl looked good to me. You understand what I'm saying? She's ready to step into the place that I've called her to. Nothing wrong with being a baby, but don't stay there forever. You'll never get married. Oh, gosh. What's going on here? Y'all wake up. I didn't mean that. Come here. <laughs> Let me slap somebody and wake them up. Come on now. Don't go to sleep on me. You noticed I didn't say having sex was maturity. Did I say that? Poppy, could I say that in church? Okay, thank you. Huh? Taking on, quit laughing sitting up here. I'm trying to put that ice down. Choke on this ice. Heimlich maneuver. 
Come back, come back. <laughs> but that's not maturity. Huh? It really isn't. Maturity is taking on the attributes that please the groom. Huh? And not being ashamed of it. Huh? Now, when I say don't be ashamed, I don't mean you blast it there. Oh, my man, like this, my man. Shut up. And he'll tell you to shut up. But it's how you relate to the groom in the secret place. Amen. That points to maturity. And as far as I'm going to go with that. But it's your relationship with him. Do you trust Christ? Do you step out on a limb to obey him and do the things that he likes women that like a challenge or people that like a challenge? You understand what I'm saying? Um, the challenges don't really phase them. They don't consider their lives more important than what he gives them to do. Because they realize that if their life is ever threatened, that he'll come to their aid and rescue. No problem. You got me? Because your man packs. He got you six. You got me? Amen. And you got to know that about him. You got to know, and see, this is, this will stop the people who think they're doing too much for God. Huh? I do this, that, and that. Baby, baby, baby stuff. Go back to kindergarten. You ain't ready to be married yet. Huh? Married girls do it all. And we don't complain. Go, go across the street to the Y. Preach to the dormitory or something. Huh? You do it all, you don't complain. Right, Poppy? That's right. <laughs> Poppy <welcome>. Amen. <laughs> oh, well, that's abuse, Barb. I heard that. Shut up. You're not ready to be married yet. If somebody loves you and you're worried about them abusing you, I got something to tell you, but not right now. <laughs> huh? Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Needs to be corrected. The Zoe of God will correct that. And God is not going to give you 10 years to get over your last bad relationship. You get over it day one. The day you sign up with God, you're over it, okay? You have a supernatural helper on the inside of you, and that's the Holy Spirit. He gives you answers. He gives you encouragement. Why? Because eternal life nurtures you and feeds you. At every turn in your life, you are never without companionship, encouragement, help, sustenance. You're never without answers. If you don't have the answer within you, 
If you put it out there as a request to God, it won't be long before he brings that answer to you, even if it comes in a casual conversation with somebody. If he has to interrupt somebody on the television to tell you something, because that's as far as you got today. You understand what I'm saying? You didn't get to your word like you always do. He doesn't take us on unnecessary learning journeys. Like memorizing, you know, the first chapter of almost every gospel has a genealogy of Jesus in there. Which if you're wise, you kind of skip over it. Say, God, I'm just going to skim this. See, that's what normal people want to do anyway. But see, religion will take you from being normal to being crazy. And you sit up and memorize all that stuff. Think you're impressing somebody. Holy Spirit won't take you down that road. Huh? Eternal life has always been there. It exists. It exists eternally. It was before you and it'll be after you. It's waiting for us and it allows us to jump right in to where we need it. So where is your need? Eternal life will cause you to jump into it. I remember when I, we were first starting and people would say, oh, spiritual warfare. Oh, spiritual warfare. Oh, that's deep. That's deep. That's deep. Are you kidding me? Seriously? You know, I tell this story. I was, I was being nice. I try to be nice to people. Who said that? <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and so God had me, I, uh, I remember praying. I said, God, I want to learn about you. I saw a flyer in a Christian bookstore for a women's meeting and I went and, and so they talked me into joining the ministry. I thought, well, that sounds good. I think I can do that. And they said, well, you know, what job would you like to do? And they said, you know, really, I think you'd be good as a hostess. I didn't know that's where they started everybody. They ask you, but then they tell you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you don't know nothing. So here I am being my hostess thing. And uh I had a, um a, you know, they give you a table. And there are ten, eight or ten seats at the table. And so there are some things you pass out, like a, a form where people sign and, you know, give all their information and stuff. And there's a little offering basket. And you go through a little spiel, especially with the new ladies. You want to make them feel welcome. And we had a little uh, continental breakfast that they served. I think the hotel charged $3 per person, didn't charge anything for the room. So it was pretty inexpensive. And uh so I sit there. I'm, I'm doing this for maybe like three months. About the fourth month, I'm sitting there, and this lady starts to manifest. <laughs> Where's the hostess? Where's the, where's the help at? And she keeps foaming at the mouth. And I said, God, what do I, what do I do? I said, in the name of Jesus, you shut up. 
I said, you get back where you came from. You don't do that. So all of a sudden, another lady across from me felt it. She started praying in tongues. And so we both prayed in tongues. And the meeting went on as usual with no devil involved. You understand what I'm saying? That ain't a deep revelation. That's just basic survival if you're going to serve God. You understand me? There is no deep revelation. It's just what's in you at the time you need it. You pull it out and you start using it. You got me? Don't let people put you in kindergarten unnecessarily. Telling you all this old wives tales about this, that, and the other. We had more witches in some of our Bible studies than we had people that were there for God. For a reason. Because that's reality. The devil runs this world, folks, and he's got demons everywhere. And they live in nice people that wear lipstick and high heels. And come to Bible studies and try to take them over if you don't know how to stand in God and maintain who you are. Manifest on me. I'll show you something. You got me? Not me, but, you know, I let Christ live in me. So the Zoe is there to apprehend any darkness that comes against it, and you got to know that. If you need healing, it's there for you in the fullness. It's not something that you wait until you learn more about the word to get it. It's there for you. You merely learn how to appropriate it, and it's yours. It's the how-to that's missing. It's not the, the reward that's missing. You need to know there are no flaws in this process. Your healing is real. And you really are healed. It's complete. And nothing is left out. Eternal life has no beginning and no end. We said that exists by the power of the great I am. So it was there from the beginning and it still is there and it will always be there. It is his domain and it is his habitat. It's his dwelling place. So he exists Within you, anytime eternal life manifests, God is there in his fullness to do everything that needs to be done for you, period. There's no waiting. There's no, you understand what I'm saying. There's, 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 there's only limitations that we put on it by what we're willing to have deposited in our life at a particular time. Sometimes we're so scared of God, we're scared to get close to him because we think we'll evaporate. And that's a good thing. That's not bad. I would love to disappear so that Christ can live fully in me. You understand what I'm saying? Just keep shrinking, keep decreasing. Huh? Well, you know, John the Baptist said he had to decrease so Christ could increase and he got died. Yeah, right. You will too. Huh? It's true. What's wrong with you dying to self? What's wrong with you disappearing for a few days and let Christ live in you? Eternal life exists at all times. We just enter into it by the grace of God. You have the grace to enter into the life of God at all times. That's your open door. Faith in Jesus allows us access to knowledge of eternal life. You merely step into it by faith and the grace of God comes to allow you to enter into it. 
and you receive grace for grace. And it never runs out. If you think God gets tired of helping you and blessing you, think again. You can't wear eternal life out. It has no end, okay? In eternal life are all the fruit of the Spirit. There's the tree of life in there. I know we talk about the Garden of Eden and the the, um, uh, um, angel that stood there and guarded, lest man eat of it and leave eternally in damnation. We're not in damnation anymore. The blood of Jesus paid to give us access to the tree of eternal life again. So we're free to eat of it as we see fit. Eat of it on a daily basis. Eat of it until you are full. Amen. So all of the fruit of the spirit is available to us there. Amen. It is a life and a light force. (laughs) May the force be with you. Uh It is a light and a life force. The atmosphere encourages words of life. So there is an ever-present let there be in the zoe of God. This is why healing, deliverance, salvation, all of the things that pertain to eternal life can occur in that atmosphere when we learn how to speak into it. Amen? When the unction to come to speak something comes up out of you, then let that unction flow. Don't look for a head message to give somebody when the Zoe of God needs to flow. People have been found to be in leadership position in churches and never born again. Why? Because for once, somebody let the Zoe flow and began to speak out of that Zoe. Sometimes evangelists will go to churches. And pastors will have them come in. You know, we don't have as much cooperation as we need to have. Let's come in and see if there's some people that still need to confess Christ. And sure enough, there are. Why? It's for their benefit. Why'd you like to hide in church all your life and not know God? And wind up going to hell eternally. So it's up to, up to eternal life to seek out that which is not like itself and bring it to repentance so that the darkness can flee And the eternal life can continue to flow. So it gives you access to a realm of power in the spirit where the let there be of God dominates. When you start to speak into that spirit and you said, let healing come in the name of Jesus. Infirmity, leave her in Jesus name. You are speaking eternal life out of the force of the spirit of eternal life. And that one always wins out. People think if they don't see something immediately, it didn't take. Huh? When was the last time you went to a surgeon? Did you get immediate then? You got a maybe. You got a date for a surgery. You got another appointment. And then they tell you, well, you know, I mean, we're going to do our best. May not work. You're going to have convalescing for three days and winds up being two weeks. Just saying. 
Why can't we trust God to that level? Huh? He won't let you die. He already gave you eternal life. Where you going now? He going to kill you now that you're born again? Get serious. Huh? We just, we stay in our dark minds too much, folks. Always wondering about stuff. Ooh. Wonder if God's really going to heal me. No, you're healed already. Kizzy. Oh, come on now. I don't know nothing about birthing no babies. You don't have to. All you got to know is Jesus is your healer. Amen. And he has already paid the price. Just receive it. Amen. Just get what you need from God. It's free. Amen. I know people tell you lies, but he won't lie to you. In Isaiah 54, verse 1, it says, Sing, O barren, that's eternal life. Break forth into singing, you who did not bear. For more of the chil- are the children of the desolate wife than the one who had natural children. So this is a time of spiritual, when the Zoe of God comes into your life, it's a time where things that weren't productive and fruitful and joyful in your life can now be productive, fruitful, and joyful. Amen. Somehow you don't realize it, but losing what you have lost since you've met Christ is great gain for you. say that i can't believe that (laughs) what will i have to talk about i talk about my losses all the time and i have such an audience when i do that it's just too tantalizing fulfilling well the little bit that the righteous has is better than all of the rich riches of the wicked i'm gonna say it again since you met god if you don't, if you haven't paid attention, you get joy when there's really nothing in your life to be excited about. That's a plus. There is not a person in here that worries about their children. I can tell you right now you don't. Amen. Because when, when we have an altar call, everybody's cool. That means your kids are intact, your bills is intact, your house is intact. And when you do come up for something, it's pretty minor. Huh? You have an insurance policy with God where you know everything that you are protected up to sevenfold its value. And you don't have to cash it in to know it's real. Where's Whiplash Willie? He left already. Always testing the insurance waters, you know. Oh, you fell. You slipped and fell. Where you fall at? See, you have an insurance policy with God that supersedes everything you lose seven times, sevenfold. Whether you cash it in or not, you have, you know, you have that. Your net worth has increased into eternity. You have a value that outlives your natural resources and your natural age. 
you have something you can leave to their your children that they don't have to go through probate to get. Huh? They don't have to go through anybody. This is better than an insurance policy with them as a beneficiary. Huh? Because you can cash that in all the time and never exceed its its value. It never runs out of value for you. You can go to God over and over again for the same thing over and over and over again and never get rebuked for coming back all the time. He knows some of his kids eat too much. And it's okay with him. I Bible says you can eat to the full. So full is different for for everybody, ain't it? Eternal life is where the word and the spirit agree to bring you into fruitfulness. And those of us who really live in eternal life, where you live every day for God, never think about quitting on eternal life because it's there for you all the time. Where would you go? You have no desire to go anywhere. It's like Jesus, Peter told Jesus, Jesus, everybody was leaving Jesus. Are you going to leave me too? He said, where where are we going to go? You have the words of life. He didn't say you got stuff. He didn't say you got access to the throne. You got a kingdom. He said, you got words that bring me life. So this is why we live this life because of the words of life that are on it. The words of life. You are sustained by words. In the beginning was the word, and it is still in the beginning with you. It still is going to take you all the way to the end, the words. And so God wants you to understand what that Zoe does. Because there are going to be a lot of people that have come up in the last minute trying to say they're saved. Now you know how to tell if they are or not. Don't be hoodwinked by people. You continue to pray for them. till they show you the Zoe is dwelling in them, They, the, you got to pray for them people. Don't deceive yourself. Because you think you need friends. God's not going to let them or you go to hell if you stay obedient to God. You got me? But we got work to do, folks. Amen. Father, thank you for your word and for understanding. Thank you for giving us the ability to discern your life. Thank you for your Zoe life. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you for blessing us that we stay on course. We want to stay where you put us, Lord, faithful to you. We want to be the mature bride. I thank you for the maturity that's already released into your body. Thank you, Lord, for the level of maturity in this room among your people. We thank you, Lord. The Spirit of the Lord would say to you, this is the latter day. This is the end time. And the Lord is saying, beware of men who will flock to you looking for shelter from their judgment, which is to come, not the judgment of the world or the judgment that is coming at the end of the end of the age, but the judgment that is upon the earth now. For I am going through the earth eradicating sin, and those who will not let go of it will be caught up in it, says the Lord. But know that you may preach the gospel to every creature, but do not allow those who are not like you with the Zoe of God dwelling in them to cling to you as a safety and a protection and a shelter from me. 
says the spirit of the living God. For I am the head of the church, says the Lord Jesus Christ. Above me there is no other. And I have called my people to answer to me. And I have called my people to be faithful and loyal to me. Not to friends, not to relatives, not to those who are trying to escape and hide under your shadow. But they must come before me and they must be judged of their deeds, whether they are righteous or not. And I do give mercy and a chance to repent, but repent they must or they will meet their doom, says the spirit of the living God. And this is my word to the world and this is my word to the church, that the church not continue to be a hiding place for those who are hiding from me. So understand what I'm doing in this hour. Allow the purity of your spirit to dwell and dwell richly. And they will come to repentance and they will fall and declare me as Lord. And they will be cleansed the way I want them to be cleansed before they step over to be with me eternally, says the spirit of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Korandariya shia handaya. Korata harata shia handaya. And I am bringing my people to repentance, my righteous to a greater level of repentance, says the Lord. I am causing you to walk closer with me. Divorce the world. Let this be your final goodbye, says the Lord. And I will receive you and I will elevate you to where I want you to be, says the Spirit of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Let those who love me be found faithful, says the Lord. Let those who love me be found faithful, says the Spirit of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Amen.